I took a shower today and not even a, <laughs> not even a sh- short shower during a commercial break. <laughs> okay, it would it would have been a short shower. Like, it wasn't that short. It's that's like still like a four minute shower. Exactly. How? Four minute showers. That's plenty of time short. to take a shower. That is not plenty of time. That feels like a short shower. Does it? You clearly don't have two feet of hair to rinse. <laughs> that is correct. I have no hair. <laughs> Uh, welcome to another episode of Podjiba, the Pajiba Television Podcast. I'm Pajiba Comedy Editor Dan Hamamura. With me, as always, are Pajiba TV Editor Tori Preston. Hello, Dan. Hello, Tori. And Pajiba's Hitch, Dustin Roll. <laughs> Hello, Dan. I'm watching Hitch with the twins. Whatever. Okay. You know, it's, a, it's a pretty good movie. The, the, the twins, they're tired of, they're, you know, almost 10. They're tired of cartoon animated film so I'm going through like rom-coms with them and I really enjoy it we did Devil's Wears Prada last week and it was so much fun I don't I'm just really upset that your anti-animation stance Uh is getting passed on like they're (laughs) never too too old for cartoons yeah well you gotta sometimes you gotta step away so you can come back right yeah Sure. Oh, that'll be their teenage rebellion. They'll get really into DuckTales. <laughs> oh, yeah. Or anime. Oh. And I'm like, oh, no. <laughs> oh, I look forward to this. Oh, Never mind. This is going to be great. Got, they've got, they'll have like a thousand episodes of One Piece to watch. <laughs> oh, shit. Yeah, that goes on forever. Oh, Dustin, yeah. just just get it. Just you wait. My Hero Academia. Like, oh, you're going to have you got some fun times ahead of you. <laughs> You're not going to understand any of it. A <laughs> um, lot of lot of TV to get to, so so I'm kind of maybe we should just move forward. Yeah, because uh, there's too much TV. Like we say that often, or I say it often at least. But now I think it's becoming more true. Um, but before that, very quickly, what is everyone drinking, Dustin? Uh, same thing as uh, the last two weeks, I guess. Austin Pale Ale, uh, Austin Street Pale Ale. I'm really into it. I can't stop drinking it. Love it. Wow. Wait, Justin, I have a question. Mm-hmm. Uh, did you... Oh, two questions. One, did you finally cancel your bad wine box? Oh, no. Oh, no. <laughs> See, Guys. <laughs> You're still getting bad wine. You're just not oh, drinking that's amazing. it. No, remember when I... When I emailed them and for some reason I couldn't pull the trigger and I was like, can we just put a pause on it? Yeah. And I said that and I was like, ah, oh, well, you know, that's the end of that. And then I got an email this week saying, your wine order is on the way. And I was like, oh, fuck. Oh. Oh, you forgot to actually cancel. Because yeah. you only paused it. Mm. Well, you're getting some more wine. <laughs> that ought to be interesting. Um, and my second question was, I found a new Allagash and I wanted to see if you had tried it. Oh, yes. It's called Five Acres, I believe. It's a golden lager or ale. I don't know. Don't think I've tried. Wait, no, 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 no. Yeah, I had that three weeks ago. Oh, okay. What did you think? Uh, It was fine, kind of. um, Basic? Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) No, it's cool. I got it for my dad because I was like, this looks pretty basic. (laughs) And he liked it. (laughs) Oh, I so basic was a selling point. 
Yeah, he nor he. Uh, I mean, he he used to work for a microbrewery. Like he he knows about good beer, but he also just likes Labatt Blue. So oh, right. it's yeah, like this, this is that kind yeah. of. I mean, it's it's yeah. it's not very um, Allagashi. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I like it's not the white beer. I mean, maybe it is. Maybe all of them is, but it doesn't taste <laughs> like it. Right. Okay. Yeah, it's not fancy. Mm-mm. All right, Tori, what about you? Um, I decided to switch it up this week. I am drinking uh, a Bramble, which is a blackberry sour beer. Oh, by, my God, that sounds so good. It's really good. It's by a local. It's literally the next town over has this, like, brew pub called Stone Corral. Mm-hmm. And uh, I haven't been there because it's been a pandemic. Uh, but I was in the grocery store, and they, they had cans of their beer. And I was, like, I got all nostalgic and kind of, you know, whisked. I don't know. Wistful about it, so I, I picked up some, and now I'm very, very happy. I love good sour beer, and yes. I never remember what the names of the good ones are, but if you get a bad one, they're horrible. Yeah, sour beers are either, like, very surprising or the worst. Just totally bad. So I'm always afraid to get one because I don't remember. I'm like, was this the good one or the bad one? Yeah. And they're sad because like they're always fruit based, right? And like some mm-hmm. of them are, and, and so it always sounds like it should be delicious. It'll be like, you know, a mango sour or something like that. And you're like, I like mangoes. And you taste it. And you're like, this is garbage. This is hot <laughs> garbage. Um, I think the trick too is that like you got to do the safest bet or the higher rate of success is if it's berry based, like raspberry, blackberry, like those tend to be to work better for sours. Yeah. Well, I have a tendency to just get the cool looking can when it comes to sours, which is, oh my you know, gosh. it's been kind of a mixed bag. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Don't go based on packaging. <laughs> no, no, clearly not. <laughs> um, what are you having, Dan? Oh, I'm uh, I'm also doing a rerun. I'm still on Jura Whiskey, uh, which uh, JS gave us a fun fact on Twitter uh, last week that uh, on the island of Jura, where they make Jura Whiskey, red-tailed deer outnumber the humans 25 to 1. <laughs> I want to go to there and have we, deer friends. We all want to go there, even though JS said it's apparently very cold. But Yes, so is Vermont. <laughs> well, that's easier for you to adapt than me. Uh, some of us are not built for, you know, I'll, you. I bet they have very good sweaters. <laughs> I bet they do. You, can, you uh, seem like a person who would love to wear a sweater. I you bet, yeah. You never really had a chance to, I bet. Hawaii I, and Los Angeles, you just... I, li- I lived... Look, I don't want to be that guy, but I lived in New York, all right, so... Oh, you fun. did. Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, but New York, like, I mean, did you did you stock up on sweaters, or were you the guy who just threw on a parka on the way to the, the subway? Yeah, I was definitely the parka guy. <laughs> yeah, no. Come on. <laughs> I don't like... Uh, I'm not a... So, so turtlenecks are right out, for starters. And oh, then, no. like, a, oh, like, a knit, like, a, like, a knit sweater, it's like, I get very staticky, so, like, that, I didn't like that. Uh. And then, um, and it's sweatshirts didn't quite work for, like, like they didn't, you know, when it gets cold, it's like, if I'm going to do that, I might as well just wear a jacket or something. And, uh, it's it's a whole thing. Anyway, layering. <laughs> layering is the key, and, like, a good sweater is uh, too much layer. <laughs> so. I feel like... Dustin needs to send you a care package that is just a variety of L.L. Bean flannels. Oh, I mean, I like I like you their shirts, like yeah. their 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 flannel shirts that are very thick and like you can like I wear those. But yeah, yeah. 
Um, My my favorite purchase, I have a, uh, it's not L.L. Bean. There's a Vermont flannel company makes like very thick. um, They're none of it is attractive. It's like the least most just the least attractive uh, flannel clothing you could possibly. It's all very (laughs) functional, but it is the thickest, warmest flannel I've ever witnessed. And they make uh, those like knee length flannel nightgowns. Mm-hmm. And I have one, and it is. <laughs> that does sound I, comfortable. It, I feel like an old man from the eighteen hundreds <laughs> when I wear it, but it is amazing. <laughs> it is. I just put that on in my little moccasin slippers, and I am set for the winter. <laughs> so maybe what I'm saying is everyone needs a flannel nightgown. Everyone needs a flannel. flannel it's nightgown. not even a nightgown. It's a night shirt. You know, like a sleep shirt. Like the old, like okay. a, you know, Scrooge style. Yeah. Yeah. Only it's red plaid. <laughs> um, there's no way to transition out of that. No, so no. We're just going to. It's okay. We're just going right to we're just gonna go into TV <laughs> this week. You know, we have new shows. Uh, before we get to them, we have our regular segments. Um, starting with Kung Fu Corner. Which is Tori's, set in a very good sweater town. They had uh, it was a oh, yeah, good week for sweaters. Good sweater town, and the costumes. Um, there were some good sweaters this week. There were some good sweaters, is what I hear allegedly. Allegedly, uh, but Tori, please take it away. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so this week, so I have to say, uh, this week was the the episode where I, I started to get. It, I started off a little concerned about kung fu. I thought it might be going into very special episode territory, but it. In, in true Kung Fu fashion, it pulled it out in the end and ended up being a very touching episode. Uh, but this week they covered uh, actually like Black Lives Matter protests. So there's a there's a an accidental police killing uh, in Ch- in Chinatown. But it's a like a 19 year old black man who mm-hmm. gets shot by the cops accidentally. Um, and it so there's unrest and you kind of see it from both points of view where there are the protesters and people involved but then there's also um because nikki's family runs a a store you know a a restaurant you're seeing it from their point of view where there's you know events happening in the street and vandalism and they're worried and and uh there was just a lot going on um but there's like a romance in the middle of all of this (laughs) well there were, I mean, ever it seemed like it was a lot of romance all over the place. Yes, um, it was. It also was the episode where they just kind of address um, the "Are you actually dating?" question between like right. the two couples because it's it's Ryan and, and Joe, um, the the brother and his boyfriend, uh, mm-hmm. and then also Nikki and Henry. Um, and so like both couples are thinking about like should we have the conversation or not and all this stuff um, in the midst of potential arrests and protests and, you know, cops cracking down and, and, you know, there's a, I don't, it was very dramatic. Uh, I forgot to mention the most important thing though, which is that the episode started with a training between Nikki and Henry and they almost (laughs) kissed and it was very hot. (laughs) Um, but yes, uh, I think what I, really liked about the episode um and this is a trend that we've seen with a few of the episodes so far is that there there's this really you know you it is nikki's show and there's still you know movement with the 
investigation into the mystical weapons and everything else. But the the character work with her mom, I really, mm-hmm. really like. And this mm-hmm. episode kind of did it again, where you start off thinking that she is the the scared, unreasonable one. She just wants to board it up. She doesn't seem to have kind of empathy for um, the situation that's happening on the street right outside of the store. She kind of wants to protect her own. Um, and then by the end of the episode, you kind of get the clarity on that. And, the, and so it ties in... Um, the episode ends up tying in both uh, Black Lives Matter movement, but also the sort of attacks against Asian Americans. And so you kind of mm-hmm. hear more about her history with that and right. what, where her fear comes from and why she's more focused on her family. But then she also, through the events, she, she comes out of that and ends up agreeing with, you know, helping um, right. the protesters. So. I just, I really, I like the way, you know, every time you start thinking that she's not the bad guy, obviously, but she, you know, that she's unreasonable, they kind of, you, you learn more about uh, her point of view. And so you you understand her, but also she grows from it. So it's really, it's just really lovely. And that is Kung Fu. And that's Kung Fu Corner. (laughs) Well, apparently there's one more episode, and then there's a week off, and then I believe oh. it comes back. But uh, are you sure, Dan? I I, yeah. I didn't think you were watching the, the this show. This is it's more just like I see people talk about it huh. on yeah. on Twitter, hmm. you know, as they talk about the show that is on uh, Wednesdays at eight, and uh, free the next day on the CW app. Or I'm noticing there are a lot of not a lot of shows, but there's several shows that I'm watching that are on like um, you know episode four or five and we're in may so are there going to be a lot of shows running through june this year yeah i think so yeah. Um, yeah. and i mean just even like i mean this is just the cw lineup but like a lot of their shows the ones that have gone on hiatus they're coming back at like various point various points in the summer um or even like late summer i think I feel like Riverdale's not coming back until August or something. I don't, oh. I don't, know, I don't know if that's right. but Well, This Is uh, Us has been on hiatus. Rebel is only on episode four or five. Mm-hmm. That Law, Law and Order, Organized Crime, I think they've only aired four or five of those. Really? Mm-hmm. Yeah. But they're burning off Manifest like motherfuckers. Because <laughs> <laughs> they knew you are watching. I yeah. know. So what what happened this week okay. on Manifest? Okay. It was another double episode, but I'm just going to tell you like what we learned, like the important part. Um, ben Stone, the guy who touched the tail fin, uh, and it made his hand glow. He, they you know did some experimenting on it. Or they they checked his body, whatever, and they found out that his hand has the same elements uh, as the tail fin and. And they also have the same elements on the bodies of the meth heads who died last week. And the elements are the elements that make up sapphire, right? Hmm. So, but no, 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 wait. Here's where it gets interesting. (laughs) There was an earthquake seven years ago that um, it surfaced a piece of driftwood. And it's the same... Uh, seismic activity that surfaced the tail fin of 828 out in Cuba, but or near Cuba, but the uh, driftwood uh, surfaced uh, near Mount Ararat. And they found that out 
It was a 6,000-year-old piece of driftwood that had the exact same elements found on Ben's hand and on the tail fin and on the meth heads. And they <laughs> surmised that this driftwood was a piece of Noah's Ark. Yes. Not You're the... You're welcome. What about the... What about the ship? Wasn't there a whole thing where they there go back in time? Ship. Oh, yeah. Yes, we but don't this know. this is not that driftwood. This is driftwood from an older ship. Noah's well, Ark. Yes, it's, it's a 6,000-year-old ship. And I don't know when they went back to that other ship. I don't think that was Noah's Ark. Because, no, there, it wasn't. There was, there was people on it. There was more than... How more many than people Noah and yeah. his wife. Yeah. Dustin, how many... Old timey ships. Do you think Manifest is going to loop into the plot? <laughs> I don't know. Like, are we going to get like Columbus's three ships, or maybe, I don't know, I like don't. a pirate ship? Mm. I'm thinking maybe they didn't know they were going to do Noah's Ark, and then they did Noah's Ark, and maybe they're going to try to retrofit that ship into Noah's Ark. I'm not sure because they looked up in the sky and saw the from that ship and saw the airplane flying over. Right. Yeah. Although the tail fin and the Driftwood were found in two different parts of the globe. So I don't know. But Noah's Ark, guys. It's pretty big. So we're, so we're, we're getting more confirmation on this being biblical. Of in, yes. Yeah. It seems to be. They're getting a second chance is their theory now at life. That God gave them a second chance. Prince Charming is Jesus. Yes. I, yes. <laughs> I got the end game all figured out. I haven't even seen this show. <laughs> but man, they brought in the Noah's Ark and I was like, wow, are you kidding me? <laughs> Two episodes. I know. Dustin, what do, they, you know, do you know how many episodes are left? Uh, I don't. Okay. I think I'm just curious. Yep. Okay. But <laughs> what they're trying to do now, the NSA wants to reverse engineer uh, the driftwood elements in order to be able to create a miracle. But again, you said it was sapphire? Uh-huh. The elements that make up sapphire. Okay. And that that's somehow miracle adjacent. I guess so. But I'm okay. curious to see what yeah. kind of miracles you can create. I mean, can they just get some sapphires? <laughs> I don't know. But it's a... I didn't realize that, you know, sapphire, but it is made up of a lot of different things. But it's uh, uh, the minerals, corundum, uh, aluminum, oxide, and trace amounts of iron, titanium, chromium, vanadium, and magnesium. Wow. Yeah, I know. And that's the manifest minute. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, Dustin. Uh, as always, bring, bringing a lot of clarity to uh, what's going on in Manifest. <laughs> right? Um, uh, this week's shows, uh, we've got a lot. Um, first, this is, this is not, we're not going to discuss it because I'm the only one who watches it, but I just had to say very briefly, uh, Top Chef uh, has been pretty great this season. Um, it's been a lot of fun. Uh, and I just need to say uh, that Sarah and Shoda, who are kind of the two front runners, um, need to be protected at all costs, and they need to make the final together because uh, they're both—they're both clearly like the most. Uh, it seems like they're the most consistently creative chefs, and like 
and also incredibly talented, like technically. Um, but also they're both like goofy and kind and like it generally the whole cast seems like they all get along, but they also like, they're not like, you know, sniping at each other. Um, even though they're, you know, like in the last episode, the two of them ended up teamed up and it was like in a way that it felt almost unfair because it's like, no, these are the two best chefs and, and they're like, and now they're just like doing all these crazy things with their ingredients. And, uh, anyway, um, and then I watched and I started following them on Instagram and they did like an Instagram thing together and it was so adorable cause they're both like, seemed just like lovely, chill people. Um, so anyway, uh, Top Chef has been good. Uh, if you have cable, then you should watch it. Uh, and it's all under COVID protocols this season. Although, yeah. wasn't it so, last season too? Or part of it last season? Uh, I believe at the tail end, they had to kind of like scramble for last season. But uh, one thing that actually, one thing that was really uh, uh, smart that they've done is because they have to kind of like keep everyone in, you know, a version of, of lockdown and a version of a bubble, um, instead of, you know, flying in guest judges every week, they have alumni coming in and kind of like all-stars from previous seasons. So a lot of old winners are now like in their bubble essentially. And they come in as, um, as guest judges, like they rotate in and out, but they all get to go to the meal. So you see these fan favorites every week. And like, sometimes they're, sometimes they're judging. Sometimes they're just there, like enjoying the food, uh, and is Richard there? Richard is there. Uh, Michelle, uh, Michelle is there. Uh, uh, what's it? Kwame is there. Oh, uh, like Gregory, Kwame. Gregory's there. So they have a lot of like really good. Uh, it's all. It's like a ton of the favorites. Um, and, a lot of people from last season's All Star. Uh, uh, yeah, season. yeah, and um, and but you know they get to be there and just enjoy it, right? Because they're not. They don't have the stress right. of the competition. Um, <laughs> So, so yeah, so that, that's actually been kind of like a fun, uh, wrinkle this year too. And, you know, so hopefully they keep some version of that in the future. Cause I, I think it's actually a big help. Um, and anyway, this show remains, uh, very entertaining and, uh, they're almost at restaurant wars. I think that's maybe two weeks from now. So I have a question. Oh, I love restaurant Yes. Uh, is there any, because you said you want these two characters to be protected, not yes. characters, people. I get that this is not technically <laughs> fiction. Right. Uh, but so this is the thing. So there's always like reality shows, right? There's the competition stuff or it's cooking or, or mm-hmm. whatever. And then there's sort of the more reality, like people right. or dating or whatever. Right. Right. Have we ever had a Top Chef, top chef romance Oh, interesting question. And uh, could they be the romance? I don't know if they, they don't, it's, I guess for them, it seems like, and you know, I don't know them as people, obviously. Right. So this is just off of what you see on TV. But um, if, I, I think if they were and or ended up dating, it would be like, oh yeah, I totally see that. But if they weren't and they're just buddies, then it's like, oh, yeah. Like, they have have that kind of vibe. Yeah. I think. Um, And so, like, it kind of wouldn't be... Like, it wouldn't be surprising either way, I feel like. Um, Hmm. Like, if they were just like, no, we're just buddies, it'd be like, oh, yeah, that's fine. Um, And, like, it doesn't, you know... You you wouldn't be like, oh, you're covering something up. Um, Yeah, because, like, 
Oh, good. Sorry, good. No, I was gonna say because like I don't necessarily need the Bachelor or whatever, but like right. I, it, it's always fun when it was like you know Survivor and you get Robin Amber. Right. Like, right, has right. Top Chef ever had that? Well, so so to, to answer that question, there was one season, I believe I want to say it was Colorado, where two chefs did uh, start date, or I don't know if they were dating, but they were they were definitely like fooling around. Uh, and it was like because they actually caught a shot of them like making out once Um, and it was like a big deal that season because like oh my god they're like (laughs) they're like kissing it was it was the the problem is that that season is not that memorable because the winner was uh i don't remember his last name but hosea and he was he was the guy in like that couple um and he he's not like I don't think he's remembered as, like he was fine, but he's not remembered as like a legendary, you know, winner. Like he does, like he, he's never come back for example. Mm. Um, so, so I think that that's why that's, that season's kind of faded. Um, but, um, but yeah, that's, that's the one time I know it happened or I remember it happening on the show. One um, more quick top chef question. <laughs> sure. Before we move on. Uh, because I do love top chef and I mm-hmm. think I've seen all of them, but I, the city is usually like, a, a character, but under yep. COVID, is that the same? They're not going to like the restaurants in the surrounding areas. So they? they've definitely had to. That's definitely been an adjustment. Um, they they've actually done a pretty good job of kind of balancing it. Where some episodes are kind of gimmicky to the point where, like, it's like you, you're doing this because you have to do distance stuff. So, like, as an example, they had one challenge where they had to make a, a snack for a drive-in, like a movie theater. Yeah. Um, which is like, you know, clever and like it lets you have a lot of people there that at distance and in their cars and stuff. Right. But, right. um, but it's, but you know, it, it doesn't scream Portland, right. Just because it's a drive. Like you could do that anywhere. Right. Um, but they have had a couple, uh, specifically they had one episode that focused on, uh, African cuisine. And so they actually went to a bunch of restaurants, which I mean, I, they filmed it, you know, last year sometimes. So they may not have even been open. Right. But they might have like, you know, paid right. basically for them to open for for the filming. Right. Um, and then uh, this last episode, they uh, focused on uh, Native American uh, indigenous cuisine. Oh. Um, and so for that one, they went to um, some tribal land and learned there and then cooked there. So. Oh. So and then that one's outside. So so they've done a lot more outside stuff. Uh, some of the other, some of the other changes they've made are, uh, they've, uh, the kitchen, like the, their main kitchen is a lot of, uh, it's a lot more distanced. So there, there's a lot more running around, um, just because they have to have more space. And the, uh, the one segment that is completely gone is the grocery shopping. Oh, oh yeah. Sense, um, yeah. Because yeah, so like they they showed it a couple times where they're literally like flipping, scrolling on an iPad, like picking ingredients. <laughs> like oh, this is sad. So I think now they just skip it. <laughs> we're on Instacart. Yeah, I mean basically that's what they were doing. But uh, but yeah, they've done a good job of uh, of adjusting and um and yeah, it's it's worth checking out. And Sarah and Shoda need to be protected. That's that's really all I want. <laughs> Um, anyway, that's Top Chef. It wasn't going to be, you know, 
10 minutes, but it turned it out to be It never is. Uh, we're going we're gonna to keep going on. Mosquito from... Coast we're going to do like in two minutes. No, we're not. <laughs> All right, Mosquito Coast. Is that, Dan, you haven't seen the movie? I No, or and, the and, show. And Tori, have you seen the movie? I saw the movie, but like a long okay. time ago, so I don't remember it very... I haven't seen the movie. I haven't read the book, but um, I like... Hot, Having read about the movie now, I like the show even more because I see where it's going. It's just going to take a really long time to get there because it's a TV series that's probably plotted out for two or three or four seasons. But basically, uh, this character, um, uh, Justin Thoreau, who is the uh, nephew of uh, Paul Thoreau, who wrote the book, his family, uh, they're on the run from the feds and they, they're going to Mexico and uh, it's kind of like a prestige MacGyver because he's like a eccentric uh, inventor guy and he's always finding cool things. But it's there's all a lot of like Breaking Bad Ozark elements to it as well. Um, oh. But I think and, and you can see like he his family is in danger because of his decisions. And you can see where like a good and proper father would not put his family in danger like making them walk through the uh, desert between uh, the American and Mexico Mexican border and like getting shot at by um, you know various people or having the police chase them but it's still I don't know it's, it's really the, the first two episodes were like uh, just a two hour action sequence of them running from the feds and trying to get away. We don't know what he did. And that's like the big mystery. We don't know why they're being chased. But then the third episode is like, the entire episode is them walking through the desert. And you think that's kind of boring, but it was pretty, they kept it pretty interesting, I thought. But um, yeah, it's, 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 it's a good action, intense thriller kind of show, but I don't think that the movie was or the book was. So what are, why do you think that this is not a one season show? Like, why do you think this is being stretched out over multiple seasons? Well, from what I understand, like they won't even get to the mosquito. Maybe they'll get to the mosquito coast at the end, but I don't even think they're going to get there. And I, I think in the movie, doesn't he start like a community of some sort? Uh, he or, wants to. Yeah. He like, he's trying, right. well, he goes and he's trying to like make a utopia. And I think they might get there, but there's like only seven episodes, and through three, they're still at the border. And he's not a bad guy. In well, the show. we don't we don't know exactly what he did. It's bad enough that the cops have like helicopters and like everybody after him. Right. So it's something pretty serious. Huh. I just keep thinking uh, he's like um, <laughs> Michael P. Keaton's dad for some reason. He was like, do you remember him? Yeah. From and Family, Family Ties. Ties? Yeah, yeah, yeah. He was like a hippie. And I don't think he did, but I always wanted to say he was like involved in like 60s counterculture where he like blew up something on accident. <laughs> I don't think that actually happened, but there's that story, you know, there's always somebody in 60s counterculture Anarchists and they accidentally blew up a building to protest, and then accidentally somebody died. 
Wait, are you saying you that's your backstory for Michael Gross's character in Family Ties? <laughs> that's right. Yes, that is my backstory for him. <laughs> okay. I approve. <laughs> that that show takes on a real different meaning well, if that's you know. if that was real. And it was like if he was on the run with his family and putting them in danger, but he was also like super smart and could turn use fire to turn water into ice. So I so him making ice is still a big part of this. Well, it was in the first episode, and I don't know if it'll ever come back. But I think that that was a big thing in the movie, where like he went to that community and tried to show them that look, I can make ice. Yeah, there's yeah, he's got like an ice machine, and he's gonna uh, like yeah. take it to people who have never seen ice before, and it was a real way savior kind of thing. Yeah, well, he tried to sell it to like a company in order to get. Uh, many thousands of dollars so he could go on the run. And did it work? No. They were like, fuck you. So <laughs> Like, we have ice. <laughs> right. So he and his family broke into the building and stole the money from the safe and took off. Damn. Yeah, it's that kind of show. Ah. It really does remind me of, like, the action uh, intensive ex- episodes of Breaking Bad. Like, it's not nearly as good a show, but just, like, the way it's shot and, like, the intensity. Yeah. So, if you're into that sort of thing, I think it's a, it's a good show. But if you really love the movie or you have some sort of fidelity to the to the book, uh, it would probably just piss you off. <laughs> but I can definitely see him going insane over the course of this series to the point that, like, he just goes mad. I guess him going insane is kind of like, that's the draw. Like, I would, yeah, I would watch for that. But it's a super long game in this, I think. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Huh. So only three episodes in. Right. Okay. Interesting. It's on Apple TV. <laughs> oh, good. I was going to ask. <laughs> Where <laughs> is <you>? this? <laughs> <laughs> because I still have no idea. I mean, now I do, obviously, but up until that Apple, point, I was like, I don't know. I feel a little bit like Apple TV is just like making shows for me. <laughs> it's like right up my alley. That and they that do I'm seem sure. to have all of your favorites. Yeah, it does the Space Show and Ted Lasso. Uh, I really like the Chris Evans legal show. Oh yeah, oh, defending yeah. Jacob. Yeah, and you like the Morning Show. Yep, oh, you do. love the Morning Show. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Yeah. Ah, they're just like, hey, middle-aged white guys, this is for you. <laughs> Mythic Quest. <laughs> yes. Yep. Uh, well, speaking of shows that are made for middle-aged white guys, uh, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Girls 5 Eva. Middle-aged white women, um, but yes. Yeah. Uh, this is the new comedy on Peacock. Uh, created by Meredith Scardino, is that right? Mm, I think so. Yes. Uh, Meredith Scardino, who comes out of the Tina Fey camp, which makes sense because Tina Fey and Robert Carlock are uh, EPs on this. Um, so it's it's a very feels like a Tina Fey Robert Carlock show. It's interesting um, how how they have such a specific style mm-hmm. that that it passes on to the, like um, the 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 other show was very similar to that the really great one. Uh, the newsy one—I forget it, what it was called. Great okay. news. Yeah. 
Great news. Yes, great news was also uh, out of their camp. Um, but yeah, so this one is, it's a, uh, a group of women in their early 40s who were in a one-hit wonder Spice Girls-esque band, uh, and they reform uh, now in their early 40s, and they're kind of trying to get the get the band back together, essentially. Um, yes. And the one thing that's great about it is that they, they did a really good job casting. Um, oh, I love them so much. So you have Sarah Bareilles is the lead playing basically the Tina Fey like yes. like quirky but you know ground more grounded uh comedic straight man character um uh Renee Goldsberry is the uh the diva and the um like she's the Jenna Maroney of the group mm-hmm, essentially mm-hmm. um <laughs> you have uh Busy Phillips who is the I guess she's the the dumb would guy. She be, what's his name can she be the is she the Kenneth or is she, she the Tracy? Oh, oh, yeah. Maybe I don't know. The Tracy. Anyway, um, but she's kind of like in the, it, it, her character here is like the ditzy one. Yeah. Um, and then uh, Paula Pell, again, oh. they're all supposed to be the same so age. So good. <laughs> Paula Pell is also in it, uh, having aged poorly. I mean, you know, if she's supposed to be the Relatively, same age as them. Yeah. Um, right. And uh, she's kind of the cranky. Uh, She's kind of a wild card, almost. Yeah. I don't know. Maybe she's the Tracy. I think she's the Tracy, yeah. But yeah, she's also right. a dentist. Right. Yeah. But in her one-liners, though, are like the most Tina Fey of all of them. Oh, I can see that, yeah. Like her, like just the delivery of her jokes, like every every one of her jokes, I'm like, oh, that sounds like something I would have seen on 30 Rock. Like, right. I feel like that's where the DNA, like for some reason her character is where the DNA of the show like comes through the most, most clearly mm-hmm. um, which is not a complaint like I love her character right <laughs> oh, it gives um, me such a crush on Sarah Bar- Barry Ellis just so much the show does just cause wait you said like, the show gives you makes you have a crush on her just like the, just the weary tired ass mom I just <laughs> I'm in love with her so much <laughs> so her being a tired mom is what's Exciting yep. to you. Look, look. I'm a middle-aged white guy with three kids. <laughs> Tired-ass moms are my thing, man. All right. <laughs> so I only got to see the first episode mm-hmm. uh, because I don't pay for Peacock, and that was all that was free. Uh, so I saw the, the, you know, essentially the setup. Um, right. Have they, are there more episodes available? Have you guys seen more of the show? I've seen four. You've seen four episodes. I've seen three. But I have Peacock. Yeah, and the whole season is, they dropped the whole season at once. They did. Okay, that was my question. Um, Because, so, I I mean, I really, I like the pilot. I actually was like, do I need to pay for Peacock? Because, like, I kind (laughs) of want to know what happens. But here's my problem. They, at the end of the pilot, they had the trailer for the rest of the season, and as much as I like the show, what actually intrigued me the most was the guest stars. Because, like, the trailer shows, they have, there's, like, Stephen Colbert as some sort of, like, yes, guru-type character. Oh, yeah. He was in episode three. And yeah. Dolly yeah. Parton shows up. And Wait, Dolly Parton was in the trailer. Part. Yeah, she, well, like, helps them write a song or something. Well, that was Tina Fey, but yeah. Oh, it was Tina Fey as Dolly Parton? 
Yeah. Oh, in the oh, trailer, wow, like it's like she's kind of half right, in shadow. I kinda, couldn't tell. Yeah, it kind of like jumps past her, right? Yeah, like yeah, I couldn't. Yeah. Oh, I literally thought it was Dolly Parton. That's I'm, I'm even more oh. impressed that it was Tina Fey. Oh God, there was another guest star, and now I'm blanking on it. Um. But anyway, yeah, it just it seems like they got a lot of really cool people to show up. Mm-hmm. Um, He's waiting for John Hamm. <laughs> oh, oh yeah, God, yeah. yeah, that'd probably be right. Um, I so three episodes in, I'm I, I was kind of on the fence the first two episodes. I mean, I was enjoying it, but it was very. Uh, it was. It was I, I felt I felt like you could see the seams of it a little bit. Yeah. yeah. So so it felt very much like oh yeah, if you like. 30 rock or this style of comedy, then you'll enjoy it. But otherwise it like, it could also, you know, it feels very much like those, but the third episode was where it kind of locked in for me because they had, there were just, there were some jokes that were so specific, uh, (laughs) specific in particular, uh, the sad New York, uh, lonely boy child. (laughs) Um, like they, they had a song about it and it's like all these specifics about like his the doorman's his best friend and he wears like a cool hat and like It's like an only child, yeah. 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 It was basically an only child who grows up in, in New York City. Um, <laughs> but it became like, like Let's this go running story line. and he's like, No, I wanna go get the fountain pen. Yeah. Let's go to the fountain pen store. <laughs> um but that was that was great and then that led to some fun speaking of fun cameo story, that led to a oh, fun yeah. cameo which was kind of perfect and weird. Um, Who was and, it? Oh, it was uh, John Slattery. And his wife. Uh, uh, yeah, because they, they made a joke that uh, there someone was listing, like, all of the people who have, like, a sad, lonely Manhattan, <laughs> New York City boy child. And they're like, Kyle MacLachlan has one, John Slattery has one, and then, <laughs> then John Slattery actually shows up with his wife. And I don't know if it's actually his son, but his son. Um, <laughs> and they're like, no, it's great. He's our best friend. And it's da-da-da. <laughs> He's dating, like, a cool 23-year-old yeah. named so-and-so, and she's a whatever, like, I don't know what she was, but anyway. Um, so, so it was, the, that was, that was, like, and it, it has nothing, I mean, it has to do with what Sarah Bareilles' character is going through in that episode, but it's not at all on the, like, it happens in the same episode as Colbert, as the Swedish, like, was he Swedish? Something anyway, like that, um, I don't know. As the, like, uh, like, lyric genius like who's going to write them a hit song and right. and that <laughs> oh, yeah. like he's he's also great but like that part like this joke was so much more enjoyable no but he had the, his joke was like he came in and he tried to write a song for them like as though they were still 19 year old uh, girls that are like slutty and they're like no we're not like that anymore and he was like oh right. my god it's a challenge so I will write a song specific to you and then it was like invisible woman, invisible woman. Yeah, really <laughs> no one knows who you are and like haunting Oh God! <laughs> um, but yeah, I'm I'm definitely gonna finish it. Um, I'm assuming Dustin's gonna finish it. Oh yeah, I'm actually savoring this one a little bit. Oh, okay. Hmm. And I may end up paying for Peacock so I can finish yeah. it. I don't know. Well, yet. you could do this, and then you could do um, Rutherford Falls if you like that sort of thing. <gasps> yeah, I know because I do want to watch that too. I like <sighs> Rutherford Falls. Yeah, yeah. Was worth checking out. I guess I can pay for. Peacock for like a month. One month. month. Just pay for yeah. one month. Yeah, so Peacock <laughs> is decent now. And I hated it for so long. And now that they, it's time to renew, I'm like, well, okay, it's all right. That's how Funny they how get that, you. Funny how that plus, timing works. Plus they have wrestling, so. 
Is that a, a thing that you care about? No. Okay. <laughs> it's like the thing now. Peacock is the place to get all your wrestling needs. Oh, yeah, that's true. So I think it got a shit ton of new uh, subscribers last month because they signed whatever that MM, or no, WW something. WWE. Oh, um, e. I don't know. Yeah, it's E. It's E now because they lost the lawsuit to the World Wildlife Fund. That's Which true. they should have, yeah. yeah. I remember being a kid and being really confused because everyone had the bumper, because it's Vermont and they're all hippies, so they all had the WWF uh, bumper stickers for the World Wildlife Fund, and it has the little panda. Oh, wow. And I remember, yeah, and so like these bumper stickers were on every other fucking car, and I remember being like, I don't understand what pandas have to do with wrestling. <laughs> <laughs> It's like, I'm just so confused. That's so adorable for wrestling. Like, why? Um, so I'm glad that the World Wildlife Fund won that lawsuit. You know, Young Rock, speaking of that, ended last week, the finale. Not that anyone stuck around to the end, but I did. Randall Park, still there. Oh, good. Oh, good. And he is up by four points, but we didn't see if he won. Oh. Season two. Are they going to, have they renewed it yet? They have renewed it and Keenan. Yep. Good. Tori, you can catch up on that on Peacock too. That's right. I thought it was on Hulu. It's on both. Oh yeah. Yeah. Yeah, but I have Hulu. Okay. Well then. (laughs) (laughs) But also don't watch Young Rock. It was, it turned out to be like a pretty poor show. Yeah. I kind of fell off. Um, Maybe I'll go back. But how did you feel about Keenan? Uh, Still... I liked Keenan better, but also fell off. Of oh. um, it's it's strange. I think that they're that one. It was strange to watch because they have again the joke writing rhythm feels like happy endings because it's David Casp and uh, uh, oh shoot, I'm forgetting the other writer's name, which is terrible, Jackie Clark. Um, but. But it, it's just strange having that rhythm coming from this show um, sometimes. But yeah. but it's it's still funny. Um, I mean, it's worth watching. Um, Don Johnson is surprisingly funny. Um, and, you know, Keenan and Chris Redd are great. So, Are you still watching Home Economics, too? I am still watching Home Economics. Um, Me, too. I like it. It's good. That one, that one, they... Really good it's cast. Mostly the, yeah, it's mostly the cast is really solid. Um I don't know if they're going to get renewed, but. And are you still we'll watching Call Me Cat? Uh, <laughs> which I Dustin, heard got renewed. Dustin was watching Call Me Cat. Hmm. My daughters love it. And mm-hmm. sometimes I see it while they watch it. I mean, they are obsessed with the show. They cannot wait for it to come on. <laughs> which what speaks is it? to maybe the quality of the show. Cause my what is it that they liked? Old. Is there something that they could identify well, or that they've identified to you? Uh, they like sort of, I mean, they love the Fuller House. They like the sort of cheesy, uh, slightly romantic sitcoms because they're nine. Okay. (laughs) And this fit the bill perfectly. I mean, it was, it was not much more complex than Fuller House. Yeah, it really wasn't. Uh, I thought maybe they just liked the Cat Cafe. Oh, I think they probably like that too. And, and and the thing in the end where they do the hee-haw thing and they're like, hey, bye, bye. 
It was kind of charming. Yeah. <laughs> sort of. Uh, kind of it's charming, sort of, sort of. Their introduction to that sort of, to all of these sitcom tropes. So it's kind of a, I guess, a, a wholesome, nice introduction. Plus that guy, the, what's the, the older guy? I love him Leslie so much. Jordan. Yes, so good. Well, I, I watched a few more and it wasn't terrible. I will say that. It was charming in its own way. Good. What were we talking about now? Oh, I don't know. But uh, charming in its own way is words that you could use to describe Michael Che? Nope. Question mark? <laughs> Not at all. <laughs> um, hang on. Okay. Uh, anyway, transition. Uh, <laughs> two of us watched that damn Michael Che, the HBO Max uh, uh, sketch show. A very uh, fitting was, title. Yeah, but it was created by him. Uh, it stars him, but very smartly, he's not in the sketches. I mean, like, he's in, he does kind of, like, interstitials where it's him talking um, and kind of, like, providing joke setups, essentially. Um, and he's in some of the framing sketches, but not, um, the, the real, like, joke-heavy sketches are other actors, which is right. smart, because that's not what he's good at. Um, uh, it was interesting to me, because I... I I didn't intend to watch the whole thing, and it's only six episodes, but it just kind of happened. Um, it's surprisingly easy to watch, even if you're not a Annoyed. big Michael Che fan. I mean, I think he's a very talented comedian. Yeah, uh, yeah I, I was think that, equally delighted and annoyed the whole way yeah. through. <laughs> but the, the problem is that there's some parts of it where he punches at himself and like the jokes are very self-deprecating and like the setups are very self-deprecating. And when that happens, it's really like, I mean, you know, it's not like mind blowing comedy, but it, but it works really well. Um, and it kind of reminds me of like, Oh yeah, I wish you would do that more <laughs> because it's a really good framing for, you know, the, the, the jokes and the point of view that he has. Um, but but then you know then every once in a while there'll be a joke that you're like oh I don't uh, yeah I don't know about Come that on. but I mean he's he's when he stays away from women and 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 gay people in the trans community he's he's funny but then mm-hmm. there's other times when he's really not and then there's sometimes where it's a little of both <laughs> yeah. I don't know. That's how I always felt about his his stand up specials. Right. It's yeah, like he'll no, have yeah. an amazing joke and then follow it up with a like a hot garbage can of a right. joke, and you're just like, man. <laughs> he talks about his grandmother a lot, right? And his in stand up, because I feel like he's sort of very much his grandmother, just trying to hide it a little bit better. <laughs> but he's like a he's a. He's a conservative, not, I don't know, I don't want to say conservative, but he's old school. Right. Um, yeah, but I mean, but it's, it's, it's tricky because I think in a show like this, you can kind of see a little bit more of like the, you, you get a little peek at some of the thought processes and like some of the stuff that, that's like in his head about it. Like, for example, in the, in the first episode, they do a, they do a sketch which doesn't entirely work. But I kind of uh, 
appreciated was the one, um, it was a film sketch about like a basketball team talking about like, like one player is basically saying like, we need to stand up for, for black trans women and oh, yeah. the other and like other members of the team are like varying degrees of like oh hang on yeah yeah it's like no we've it's been like... dealing for the national anthem now we have to do this because they're the most uh you know they're the most vulnerable among us and so we have to you know it's like like the the arguments make sense but like some of the other characters are are pointing out in various ways whether they're against it or for it you know the the biases that that come up um yeah and it's it's not the funniest sketch, but it kind of highlights, you know, it, it highlights the points of view in a way that, yes. that has, it has enough nuance that you're like, I understand what you're saying. Like this, whether or not, like, I don't think it's that funny, but you know, it's not like, you're not punching down in this moment about like the, the terrible things that people say, <laughs> like you are right. highlighting it in a way that is. Yeah. It, in um, a lot of ways it was making fun of, you know, the black community for not for having what did, what did michael chase say he was like uh we will you know we're some of the most liberal people except for if we don't tolerate you right right um and so so that's the thing is that like he had he clearly has you know insight and and um right. thought thinks about these kinds of things but it it doesn't always translate and that's that's kind of the frustration that is it to me it feels like he has the talent and the insight to be like, like I think he could be the the comedian people want him to be. Um, I think he really doesn't want to be though. No, I that's the thing though. Like, is I don't I don't think that that's what he wants. But he, and and the more that people want him to be like, the more he wants to say fuck you. Right. Which is it's also valid. Right. But but it, it's it's interesting because it it it, re, it reframed him a little bit for me where it's like oh yeah it's not it's not a it's not a thing of that, you know, that you hold this view. It's more just that, like that this is a, I don't know. I think it, he wants to be, he wants to be able to speak about all of it, um, which, you know, is like a, like Chappelle can do that. And it's not that Chappelle well, gets away with it, but no, but right. I mean like, but, but Chappelle gets away with it as far as like, you know, not, um, you know, like he pisses people off, but it doesn't. Right. Ruin the same it, issues right? that Chappelle have, Shay has. Right. But I think that's the thing that he wants to, he, he, that's, that's the, uh, that's what he's aspiring to. So, um, but you know, but it's still a, I mean, it was, it was an easy show to watch. There are some pretty funny sketches. Um, and Che is the best part. Those interstitials. Yeah. His interstitials are good. Um, it the, is uh, funny that a lot of those skits could have worked on SNL. Well, not a lot, but a few of them anyway. I don't know. Some of them were pretty. Uh, well, the basketball sketch, I think, maybe could have worked. On I know. No. I mean, it would have been it would have been sanded down in a way that it wouldn't have it wouldn't have been worth it. Um, I think maybe you could have done a version of like the the elevator sketch with uh, uh, Cecily. Cecily Strong, because um, that one was a like you can see the punchline coming, but it's it mm-hmm. it, it, it hits right. Um, I did like his his one with. Uh, Heidi Gardner and uh, uh, who's the other actress? The one where it looks like he's we're, in therapy. Yes, um, I love that one. That because that one really. that one had like nice progression, and then a reveal, and then it builds again, and then another reveal, and then it hits with a button reveal, which was great. So, um, and Colin Jost played him. Oh yeah, that was good. Like, yeah, 
Um, yeah, so, so Tori, just at one point there, he's, he's talking about, um, he, he's talking to a therapist, which is Heidi Gardner, and he's, he's talking, he, so he's telling the story about how he's on stage uh, and, like, giving a talk, but then he's being, he's, who, I'm sorry, who's the actor who he was, was playing? I don't know. I didn't, I didn't know who that was. There's an actor who's, who, so it's like in his dream, he's being played by a, an actor, and I'm blanking on the actor's name, but, and so the therapist is, like, trying to unpack that, and, like, what does that mean about what he thinks about himself, and blah, blah, blah. And then it's revealed that the therapist is actually a prostitute. And sex she, worker. She's, yeah, or, and, oh, yeah, and he keeps Which saying he keeps sex. Saying. Like, she keeps saying, I'm a prostitute. He's, like, sex worker. And then she, and then she's like, you need to go to therapy. Like, I'm, this is not, this is like, not I thought I you wanted to role play, but this is not what I actually do. He's like, no, 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 it's fine. Don't worry. I, I'm totally into the, the sex, but, like, let's just get through this. And then they go back to his dream. And then the second time you're in the dream, he's being, he's represented by Colin Jost. And so Colin Jost is playing Michael Che in his dream. And he's, she's like, why do you, why do you think that, why are you now Colin? Like, that doesn't make any sense. Um, and it keeps building. And it's a, it's a, it's just a fun um, runner throughout that episode. But um, yeah, so it's, it's, I mean, I guess the way that we're talking about it, it's like, it's worth checking out, I think. Yeah. Um, I think so, too. There's a lot of people that are just like, fuck Michael Che, I'm never going to. Yeah, play. and if that's your opinion, then you will yeah. not enjoy this. Right. So no. don't watch it. I don't know. I mean, like, it sounds bad, but the the way you sold it in the beginning where you're just kind of like, it's very easy to watch. Like, I feel like in some ways there's no quality I'm looking for in a show these days. <laughs> Other than that, like, I just want something that's <laughs> really easy to watch. Yeah. <laughs> like, like, yo, oh, I just won't even notice that it's continuing and I'll go through six episodes in a sitting. That's fine. That sounds yeah. great. And, and, and it is, there is some, um, I don't, I haven't thought about it enough to be able to uh, identify what it is that they're doing that, that makes this work. But I mean, you know, they, they cover heavy topics. Yeah. That that remain easy to watch, and some of that is that you know they're not they're not necessarily digging in in a, in a way that you know is going to make you be like oh my god this is profound right right but but it it covers it in a way that still has a you know a, an interesting point of view and enough enough humor that <laughs> it, gets, it gets enough jokes going oh. that uh, oh puppy dog sees a skunk or a raccoon or something outside. <laughs> Very much wants to go get it. Uh, Sorry. No, no, no. Um, very strong feelings about Michael Che. Uh, but, but yeah, so so it does it does manage to cover heavy topics while being watchable. Um, you, you know, know and what? Not... Michael Che would be an amazing writer if he co-wrote with a woman. If he just had. A female perspective. Hmm. No. <laughs> it got quiet. I was like, uh, no, no, I'm thinking no. about that. Yeah, What's, I'm thinking about it. Cause I, you're probably right. Just someone who could, like, tell him every once in a while, no, no, let's not do that. You're, you're mm-hmm. saying you don't think he's getting that from Colin Jost? I don't. I don't think so. <laughs> um, oh, and one last thing I want to mention. <laughs> In, in some of the sketches where it's it's Michael Che as like a little kid, so obviously someone else is playing him. But uh, Ellen Cleghorn plays his mom, and I was oh, yeah. just like, "Oh, it's Ellen Cleghorn," and I was very very happy about that. Um, huh. All right, uh, 
we should talk about a show that all of us have seen. <laughs> so, and that show is Mythic Quest. It's not Manifest. It's no, not Manifest. No, nobody watches Manifest out. but you. <laughs> well, that's that's your special domain, Dustin. We yeah. don't want to take that away from you. Uh, we actually Mythic can't Quest. watch it because otherwise you wouldn't be able to explain it to us. <laughs> that's true. Uh, Mythic Quest returned for season two. Uh, they had the special. Uh, the special kind of return episode a couple weeks ago, which was kind of in between seasons technically, but I guess is. They canon, also had that they... other special episode, so that when this came out, I completely forgot how, what happened the first season because of the two special episodes, right. which were so good. Yes, they were both very good, um, and uh, yeah, so they they released the first two episodes, and I believe they're going to be weekly from here on. Yes, um, which is uh, as we discussed off pod is great because we will probably keep talking about it but also frustrating because we want it all now yes yeah it's i i feel like we we tend to go back and forth it really depends on the show because i think a lot of especially with like the disney plus shows like everyone has been kind of it's been like this revolutionary like oh isn't it great having shows on streamers that are still released weekly so that there can be buzz and you know i'm glad they're moving away from netflix you know Mm -hmm. where you just binge it all at once but like then for some reason with mythic quest i was just like i want all of it right now (laughs) like i don't want to wait right And I do think part of it's like it's a lot more there's something about comedies where even though this is, you know, it is linear and it it builds. There is an arc to the show, but it's still kind of in these shorter segments and and it's easily consumable like a drama where it's like, you know, an hour long and, and, you know, uh, something about that. Like, I I understand. You You don't watch Handmaid's Tale all in one go. Oh, God, no. <laughs> oh, that sounds awful. No. I did not want the first three episodes at one go. It was brutal. <laughs> I was like, come on. Too much, too much. Yeah, so I don't know. I, I think it's funny that there's still no hardened, like, you will never be happy. Like, there's no, like, what I want changes. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> I will always find something to be upset about. And right now I'm upset that I only got two episodes of Mythic Quest and I want all of them. But then you'd be done. I know. And then it would be even longer until the next season. I don't know why I find this show so... Because I was not that big a fan in the beginning. Like, it took me a few episodes to get into it. And now I just love the show so much. I feel like I go through that process with every episode, though. Every episode, I'm like, eh, eh. And then by the end, I'm like, I love this more than anything. More than anything, yeah. It, like... It has to sell itself to you every single time. I think yeah. a big part of it, um, and I, it's something that I, I've come to appreciate, uh, and it's not, well, I, like, I like all of the characters, but there's something about Danny Pudi as Brad. Oh, my God. It just kills me. <laughs> he just kills me because he's, he's so, I've never seen him play the asshole before. So and bad. he's just so good. So the big thing this season is that he has, uh, Joe, the terrible assistant, mm-hmm. has defected and gone over and is now working for Brad, but is basically in which this, is perfect. like, which is perfect. Cause it's basically, he's, he's not, she's not just his assistant. He's acting as her mentor right. and it's literally like how to be evil. <laughs> it is right. the funniest thing. 
What was it he said? Something about, like, if, like, at, at, at a certain point, you'll try to take my place, and, like, either I'll defeat you and, and like, absorb your power, or you'll defeat me and be, like, you know, and, yeah. like, rightfully And I'll have done so. a good job, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um, so I think that's that's a nice twist this season. So it's you've got that dynamic has shifted, um, and obviously you've got Poppy and Ian now right. supposedly on equal footing. <laughs> Um, I, I always forget that Cricket's the boss, and I still don't understand. How is Cricket the boss? What makes him the boss? He owns he's it? the executive what? producer. Right. But it's all Ian's. Right. He's, but the, he's creative the creative director. Yeah. Okay. So, yeah, so, so David is supposedly the... He's technically the boss because he's the, he's the suit. He's supposed to be the suit. Right. Oh. oh In control. He's dealing with budgets and money right. and all that stuff. Right. And, like, he's the one who has to deal with Montreal, but, right. you know. But no one, including him half the time, recognizes him as the boss. Right. Right. Um, I'm trying to think. Oh, um, the testers are finally dating. Mm-hmm. Which is super cute. Yeah. It's super cute, but now I've lost interest in them. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, oh, that's good. Great. But although... The, the stinger on that episode was fantastic when the, the, the HR woman came by. And the, and she, she was the best part of that episode, was the HR person. Yes. Yeah, her, like, it was, the first kiss was cute, but now you got to move. Yeah, <laughs> come on. <laughs> Go. Uh, I, so I think in the one nice thing that they did, I thought, was so now that, uh, so Right now, Poppy, it's she's trying to figure out like how this balance with her having power will work out. Right. And they did a whole episode on um, women in gaming, mm-hmm. which is a you know legitimate issue, and there's there's yeah. not enough of them, and and it's not an easy field uh, right. for women to work in. So there's a luncheon, and um, they put Poppy up as the guest speaker. Mm-hmm. And she and the whole thing is like she's trying to find like what her strength as a leader is because right. Ian inspires people and she doesn't. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, and, you know, so she and so like the she's supposed to speak and they get her all dolled up and make her wear this dress and make her uh, give a speech that Ian has written so that it's inspiring. Um and you think they play it off like she, it seems like, and she's just a mess. She's eating crab and farting and taking her <laughs> shoes off and can't read the teleprompter because she's not wearing her glasses and right. unhooks her, her dress because it's too tight and all this stuff. And she's doing it all on stage. Um, and so they, they play it off as if she's she's gone off script and is being genuine. Right. It looks like she's melting down. She's but, melting down. And like then it becomes really way. relatable. And right. everyone like gives her a standing ovation because it's like, oh, wow, like you you've you're talking about what it's like to be a woman in a position of power, especially right. in a, in a male dominated field and how the pressures of, you know, like it's okay to be emotional and like, right. you know, you can still be yourself or whatever. So, uh, she, she has this whole meltdown and Ian reveals that he wrote all of that into right, the like speech. Like, all of that was scripted. Like, literally, like, when she puts her glasses on, when, like, every single so part good. of it. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, but the... And so you're kind of like, oh, no, like, that this moment for Poppy has been taken away. Right. Um, it's still Ian pulling the strings. And then 
you find out that she, and it, basically he, and what's his name? Da- David? David, yeah. yeah. Um, Cricket. I, I just, yeah, Cricket. I always want to call him Cricket. I cannot remember <laughs> the character's name. Uh, they start, because they're talking about it, they're like, oh, she called me and, you know, told me she was excited to do this. And, and oh, she called me and, you know, wanted, was scared and needed help with the speech or whatever. And they, they realize that she played them against each other to to have this moment where she right. both was able to get on stage and not have to prepare for it. Right. <laughs> and she, and she got, I think, I think David had to promise her like extra members for her team or something. Right. So, yeah. So she, like she got exactly what she wanted. She got, yeah. Manipulating she, them. Yeah. And so yeah. like they both realize what her strength as a leader is, which is, yeah, she can, she just manipulates them emotionally to get what right. she wants. Right. Um, and it was kind of, it was perfect. Like, I really, I liked that, that moment. <laughs> She's just sitting there chewing candy in her dress. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, but still, man, Brad. Ugh. Brad. <laughs> that Everlight mm-hmm. episode where he was the villain. So that good. was so good. Yeah. <laughs> Um, I've also been trying to figure out what's going on with uh, F. Murray Abraham and like if if this was actually a thing where they were like we don't want you to potentially get sick because they were filming during you know quarantine so yeah if if like because he's so far he's been remote including in the Everlight episode yeah he's um, remote there uh, so, there's one he he's in the dream sequence in oh, that's the room true. yeah right but, but that could have been just like his room right it's just like a quick right like, right right dark wall yeah um i don't know yeah i don't know if it's the show putting it kind of putting their foot down or i could also see him just being like like i like this but right i'm not coming back yet <laughs> right right which i mean but that's why yeah i'm curious if it was a a, dri- a, cr- a decision driven by uh necessity or if it's if they're like oh no we should remind people that this exists in the world of COVID. And so therefore that's, that's a, a gag way to do it basically. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I feel like it's necessity. I don't know, but you know, I mean, if, if it's intentional, if they're like, no, this is the one character that we're going to have remote just to remind everyone then. Right. Yeah. The show had some COVID issues when it was shooting. So probably it's by necessity. Yeah. Right. Oh, and- we didn't talk about Derek Waters. Is in the oh, show that's now. Right. Yeah, he's he's in the art department. Yeah. Oh, um, the sad art department. The sad art department, which is, which was a great way to expand it, and just to have them being like, so, which one do you want us to work on? Like, just do it all. It's like, okay, but this is <laughs> if you give us the notes now, we don't have to redo it later. Yeah. Like, no, you guys are great. It's gonna be it's gonna be great. Like, no, that's not. That's not how this works. Like, I'm I have curious a, if I have an MFA. Right. I'm curious if they're going to have them revolt at some point, because it seemed like they they've been given just enough time on screen that like they could become a it could become a, a story point later. Oh yeah, I think that they're going to grow because it feels like they're being positioned as the new um, what Poppy's team used to be. Right, and kind of like the 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 kind of antagonistic role that uh, Aparna and Churla had. Right. In season one. Exactly. Um, it's just another facet of, like, the day-to-day people who, like, 
it, what goes into making a game. You need the programmers right. and you need the you need the art department who can come up with the visuals for all of these things. And right. Um, um, I also did like that they managed to get Kate McGee in at least for a little bit, even though she's on home economics now. Um, uh, Sue, the HR lady, I'm mean, not HR community liaison. Yeah. Um, oh, is she not going to be around as much? Well, cause she's on, she's a regular on home economics, so she might've, I don't know what her schedule was, but it I... might've been tougher to get her. Oh, I hope she's still on a lot this season. I, oh, yeah. Because she's fun, like, her, like, weird, goofy Midwestern vibe, but, like, clearly has darkness yeah. <laughs> inside, which is great. And she's also, I just, I like the pairing of her and David. Yeah. Like, they, um, as kind of the two outcasts, but he he lies to her and, like, tries to convince her that he's, like, more important, and she just buys it because she's nice. Right. Yeah. I don't know. I'm just happy the show's back. Me, Me too. too. And then that'll run for another couple months, and then it'll almost be time for Ted Lasso. Ted Lasso, then, woo! You know, oh, yeah. So Ted Lasso is that. July. Mm-hmm. I believe that's right. Okay, and we've got Lupin coming in June, I think. Mm-hmm. Oh, did they announce a, a date? Well, they're, like, officially announcing it tomorrow, but they put out, like, a teaser image today that you were supposed to be able to, like, decode. Okay. Um, and was it decodable? I, I didn't see it. I couldn't figure it out, but I was on my phone at the time, so I was like, I don't know. Um, <laughs> but then I saw people responding and saying it was like June 11th or something like that. So oh, okay. I'm assuming it was decodable, and I just didn't. Yeah. Because I'm not That's smart you... enough for Lupin. No, or you <laughs> left that work to other people. Yes. Okay. Yes. That's so. also. You guys are now missing, like, the most talked about show uh, on TV right now, which is Mayor of Easttown. The one about the, the, one about the horse? About no, it's the... God damn it. <laughs> the horse that drinks water. Water. It's water. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> I think it's, like, uh, it's, it's, it's very true detective only, like, really good. I hear they, uh, they cast the other Quicksilver in it. Yeah, it was like a big deal, right? Oh, yeah, Evan Peters. Yeah. I was like, what the fuck are you talking about? No. <laughs> I don't speak cartoon. It's not cartoon. First God of damn all, it. I know, I know. Even I know it's not cartoon. <laughs> <laughs> Dustin's I've... getting punchy. I think that means we're nearing the end. Is Maravie's Town Evan good? Real, real quick, are you liking it? It's so good, and Evan Peters is phenomenal in it. What is like, his role? He's like another cop. He's like he's like the guy that comes in, and because uh, to help out, uh, Kate Winslet's cop, and he's like the the extra help. But he's not like the cocky outsider. He's like come comes in and he like falls in love with Kate Winslet's character a little bit. Mm-hmm. So he's like a sort of a puppy dog detective. Oh. And so but even though it's a murder mystery, it's still like it's not bumming you out. No, it's like a really good mystery, too. I don't know, it's just, it, it's a little bleak in the beginning. I don't know, it's just really, really engrossing. Okay. Well, Look, it's maybe. Kate Winslet. Right. It had to be that good enough to attract Kate Winslet. Let's think about it that way. Oh. 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 
sorry. I just got a I just got an answer to the F. Marie Abraham question uh, because oh. my husband was over he- hearing us and sent me a link. <laughs> Thank you. Breaking news. From, Breaking news uh, from Juan. Um, well, no, from an article published in February. Uh, yeah, but, but Juan's the one. Juan's the one who brought it up. Yeah. Uh, so at the um, virtual TCA press tour for uh, like Apple's press tour, they brought Mythic Quest. And so apparently uh, Rob said during the panel, um, he did not want to be known as the person who got F. Murray Abraham very, very ill. Uh, so that's why he will be in limited scenes. Oh, okay. uh, the quote goes, when we first set out to go back to work, we wanted to be as careful as we could possibly be, recognizing all the variables. And one of the things that was very clear at the time and continues to be is that people who are a certain of a certain age or over are at greater risk. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I mean, I wouldn't want to be the one who got F. Murray Abraham, like, national no. treasure sick. Right, right. <laughs> um, and then, yeah, so he goes on to say that Abraham didn't want to set things out, but respectfully, uh, Rob disagreed. <laughs> <laughs> After episode 207, he does come back in person, but when he does, it's with very small amounts of people on camera. Hmm. So, yeah. Okay. That's uh, good of them. I guess yeah. spoiler for the seventh episode. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, 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 while we're doing uh, fact-checking, fact oh. I would just like to... Uh, Caitlin, Caitlin McGee, who's on Home Economics and Mythic Quest, I didn't realize this until I looked her up, but I, I do remember it now. She was the co-lead with Jimmy Smits on Bluff City Law. Yes. <laughs> I said this, Dustin. Very busy. Did you say that? I said, I said this the, uh, when we talked about Mythic Quest Season 1. Oh, oh! I don't remember that because I because I was pleasantly surprised because I mean I didn't watch much of Bluff City Law, but it's you know it's a straight ahead you know network procedural, and then yeah. for her to then pivot and play this like goofy Midwestern character, I was like, oh, this is fun. Yeah, yeah. She's got range. Good for her. Yes, yeah. I think she uh, I, I think she landed in the right place. I, I yeah. Agree. Um, all right, that's that's probably enough. I think that's we've a talked about a lot of shows. Yeah. Uh, Fuck it, we're done. So Maravie's Town is depressing. Got it. No, right. but but maybe we should watch. I guess it's I such a good. Like I have no idea who the killer is, but I think it might be Sarah Barry Ellis's boyfriend. Oh. So this show is is in the same universe as Girls Five Eva, is what you're saying? My God, wouldn't that be great? That would be great. That'd be real weird. I'd be um, so into it. <laughs> all right. Well, well, we'll be back next week. I'm sure we'll talk about the Nevers, which we skipped because, I don't know, it was It was, it was an episode. Lot. Yeah, it was an episode. Um, <laughs> anyway, have a good night. Good, good night, night. everybody.